Welcome to the Gospel Saves podcast, a program that discusses all matters related to the Christian faith. I'm Wade Stanley, an evangelist with the Church of Christ. Please visit thegospelsaves.me for blogs, videos, and Bible studies. You can also find The Gospel Saves on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. Public prayer was another way religious people drew attention to themselves in the days of Jesus. To misuse prayer in such a way is to miss the point. Prayer is a private matter between the one praying and God who is listening. To help us pray more effectively, Jesus demonstrates how to pray in what is often called the Lord's Prayer. Of particular note is Christ's emphasis on forgiveness. He reminds us that if we seek God's forgiveness, we must first be willing to forgive others. On our last program, we left off in Matthew chapter 6, verse number 4. We've been talking about the, the proper way to do good works, to do them discreetly, to do them with the attitude of serving this other person and not seeking glory for ourselves, not seeking the, the accolades, the praise of men that might come from this simple act of service. And Jesus assures us that if we do this with the right attitude, God will not overlook what we have done. When we come into chapter 6, verse number 5, we see this second good work that we can do for our Heavenly Father. And, and Jesus tells us how to handle this as well. He talks about how we should pray. He says, And when you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the corners of the streets, that they may be seen by men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But you, when you pray, go into your room, and when you have shut your door, pray to your Father who is in the secret place, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. And when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. All right. So Jesus repeats some of the same themes with prayer that he talked about in our charitable deeds. He says, first of all, don't be like the hypocrites. Don't be like the hypocrites who only pray so that they might be seen by men. They're praying for their own benefit as opposed to what truly should be our desire in prayer, which is to please our Heavenly Father and to help those for whom we pray. Jesus says, instead of standing out on the street corner and praying, go into your closet, pray there, and don't worry, your heavenly Father will hear you. Do you have a secret place? Do you have a quiet place where you can go and pray? You know, I'm a, a father of, of young children, and, and sometimes a secret quiet place is, is hard to come by in our home. But if you're creative, if you give it some thought, you can find places to pray where no one but your Heavenly Father will hear you. I know some people who really like to pray in their car while they're driving. They'll turn off the radio and they'll just start talking to God as they're driving along. Of course, they've got their eyes open, their, their heads aren't bowed, their eyes aren't closed, but they're talking with the Lord. What a great place to, to speak with the creator of the universe. No one's around. No one can hear that but you and your heavenly Father. If you haven't found a secret quiet place to pray, I urge you do so. 
And perhaps you've seen someone who likes to give the lengthy prayer and you just have the impression that they're, they're trying to draw attention to themselves. Well, let that not be your attitude. Don't be like the hypocrite Jesus says. This last statement in verse 7 is very interesting to me. Do not use vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Vain repetitions. What do you suppose Jesus means by that? Well, what the Lord is warning us against are, are pre-programmed, pre-packaged prayers, so to speak, where perhaps we say the same phrase or sentence over and over and over again. This isn't really prayer. At least Jesus says it's not really prayer. Jesus says the heathens practice this and, and they think that they'll be heard by their God because of their many words. Prayer needs to be something that is motivated from our heart, where we're communicating to God with, with reverence, out of respect, but also out of the deep need of our heart, communicating to Him what is weighing on us, perhaps what is weighing us down, being open and honest and articulating the thoughts and the feelings that we have inside of us. That, that's what the Heavenly Father's really interested in. Not in some sort of packaged prayer that we just say a, a certain formula, a certain group of words all together and say them over and over and over again. That, that's the vain repetition that Jesus is teaching against. That, that's not really prayer. God's not going to hear you just because of your many words. And it's ironic to me that just after Jesus warns us against vain repetition, we come into a section where I think some people may be tempted to do that very thing. In Matthew chapter 6, verse number 8, Jesus says, Therefore do not be like them. He's talking about the heathen. For your Father knows the things you have need of before you ask Him. In this manner, therefore pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forget our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. It's ironic to me that the very thing that Jesus is warning against in verse number 7 is the very thing that people do when it comes to this model prayer that he gives us in verses 9 through 14. Jesus isn't giving us a formula. He's not giving us a series of statements to say in a particular order, and if we say that prayer, we are considered more righteous. No, instead, Jesus is giving us a blueprint. He's telling us what should be included in our prayers. He says, the Father knows what you need before you even ask it. So he says, here are a few things that you should include. And, and really, when you break it down, we're just hitting on some very basic but general themes. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Who is our prayer directed toward? Well, it's directed toward our Heavenly Father. 
Jesus in, in John chapter 16 talks about how we should pray to the Father in his name. That when we pray in the name of Jesus, our prayers reach the ears of our heavenly Father. But it's our Father, our heavenly Father, to whom our prayers are directed. And the prayer opens not just with a salutation, but also with a word of praise. Hallowed be your name. Hallowed be your name. And I think that this is a good practice, that our prayers should contain a healthy dose of praise. And it doesn't necessarily have to be in these particular words. We also see in the prayer, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Here Jesus is urging us to, to pray for the kingdom of God here upon earth, to pray that God's will will be carried out here on earth. And there's any number of ways that we can see this articulated in a prayer. For example, we can pray for the kingdom of God here upon earth. And as we've talked about in the past, it's been a few months ago, but as we've talked about in the past, the kingdom is the church. It's the people of God as it is present here upon earth. Praying for the kingdom, praying for the church is a good thing. And the church certainly needs a lot of prayers. Praying that God's will be done. That's something that we should always recognize in our prayers. You know, Jesus, when he was in the garden, asked God to take this cup away from him. He was facing a, a horrific death. And he asked God if there was some way that this responsibility could be removed from him, then, then please take it away. But how does he follow that up? Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Always in prayer, we need to recognize that it's according to the will of God that our prayers are answered with an affirmative, that we must pray according to his will. Jesus says, give us this day our daily bread, or in other words, ask for our necessities. Later on in this same chapter, he's going to talk about how God knows what we need. He clothes the grass. He feeds the birds. He knows what we need, but recognizing that what we need comes from him, acknowledging this is a good thing. And then verse 12. This is the one verse that Jesus actually returns to and, and gives a little bit more information on in verse 14. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. We need to ask for forgiveness in prayer. And when we ask for forgiveness, we also must recognize that God forgiving us depends on our willingness to forgive other people. He, he wraps this up with, and do not lead us in temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. In other words, God give us the strength to resist temptation, to overcome the tempter. Help us in this, God, for we are weak. That's how I take this. And he closes with another word of praise. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. These are the sorts of elements that we need to include in our prayer. And I don't think that 
we need to use this as a formula. Just repeating these words does not make our prayer more effective or more righteous. Instead, we simply need to learn the, the sorts of things that should be included in a prayer. And, and I would add that there are things that are missing from this. For instance, we're told to intercede in prayer for other people. We find very little intercession for others in this prayer. So this isn't a complete model. It's just a model, a blueprint. In verse 14, Jesus comments on verse 12. He says, For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. If you desire mercy, you need to be merciful. As Jesus says earlier in the Beatitudes, Blessed are the merciful, for they shall be shown mercy. If you want God to forgive you, you must be willing to forgive others. That point could not be clearer. And this goes hand in hand with the attitude he was talking about at the end of chapter 5. Blessing, doing good, loving your enemies. Forgive them. Be merciful to them. Be like Jesus as he hung on the cross. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. If we want God to forgive us, we must be willing to forgive others. Thanks for listening to the Gospel Saves podcast. If you found this program useful, please visit thegospelsaves.me to find blogs, videos, and Bible studies. If you enjoyed the music on this podcast, please visit acapeldridge.com. You can also find Acapeldridge on Apple Music, Google Play, Spotify, YouTube, and Facebook. May God bless you as you seek to know His perfect will.